The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week, we will discuss tools, tips, and ways to radiate your best life ever, interviewing practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I am Christy, and I'm here with Burton Kelso of Integral to talk about radiating productivity. You know, we all have these devices. We're sitting here with our devices. I know. Computers, tablets, everything else. Mm -hmm. They make our lives easier. And why are we talking about products and productivity on a wellness podcast? Yeah, that's, that's an excellent question. But since we do all have these, they can make our lives very much easier. And so... I've invited Burton on to talk about how to involve some New Year's resolutions with our devices and our productivity. So welcome, Burton. Thank you for having me, Christy. (laughs) Happy to be here. Thanks. So one of the things that you just mentioned as Mm -hmm. far as our tech devices are concerned is the simple fact that, yes, they can cause us, uh, make us a little bit more productive, but at the same time, they can cause a lot of stress in our lives because there's a lot of stuff that's going on as far as tech devices, whether it be, you know, cybersecurity or just the general um, daily use of technology. I mean, we have to pretty much align ourselves to make sure that our tech devices are more productive as opposed to being counterproductive. And so that's why every year I come up with a list of uh, tech resolutions that everyone should utilize so that way that they're they're like one with their their technology right and that's a good time of year to do this because many people have received a new device or Mm -hmm. new computer for christmas for the holidays exactly and um and i think you know with the new year we all want to start anew and so when it comes to technology people don't want to be or go into the new year stressed out about Mm -hmm. how they're going to use their tech devices so they some people use this as a good jumping point is what am I going to do right with my technology to bring balance? Absolutely. No, that's an excellent point. Excellent point. And, you know, we're just kind of planning out the year at this time of year, right? Right, we, exactly. We had some time off during the holidays, some time to regroup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what type of things do you do you put out there for a New Year's resolution? Well, the first thing that I always tell people mm-hmm. in our digital age that they need to make resolutions about is staying on top of cybersecurity. So cybersecurity is very important, and it can definitely cause a lot of stress in our lives and 
you know, throw our balance off as far as um, worrying about where the next cyber threat is, is going to occur. So I think some people just kind of shuff it off and just say, hey, I'm not even going to deal with that or that's not going to happen to me. Other people spend up hours night after night worrying about, well, am I going to be the next person to get hacked? So the answer to that is to make sure that you're taking cybersecurity seriously because in this day and age, it could happen to anybody as far as being hacked. So one of the first things that I tell people when it comes to smart devices to kind of take their mind off of what's going on is that your modern smart device is, is protected from most of the cyber threats that are out there on the Internet. So it doesn't matter if you use a smartphone, a, a tablet, or a computer. As long as you're keeping that device up to date and if it's current, uh, current as far as five years old or newer, you have all that t- protection built in. Um, with firewalls, with the way that your smart devices are protected, mm-hmm. most of those bots or hackers are not going to be able to get into your actual devices. That's why cyber criminals have turned to using methods such as uh, scareware or phishing uh, schemes. I love that look on your face. I know. You know, I'm like, I'm, okay, I've not heard of scareware. <laughs> boo. Yeah, boo. Exactly, right? It just pops up on your computer and I've it's I've seen there. those videos. Exactly. So with... Um, with, as far as your device is being hacked, nine times out of ten, it's someone clicking on a, a email that comes in as an attachment or it comes in as a link in an email. Right. And that way you're inviting someone into your device or into your network as opposed to a criminal taking the time to actually break down the firewall to get to your device. Right. And so it's easier to trick people to get into your device rather than taking the time of trying to get into your devices. That's why you see the the rise of more scam emails that are popping up or the rise of more scam messages popping up when you visit the website. So phishing emails, obviously mm-hmm. someone's trying to get information from you, uh, important information from you in order to compromise your data. I think this year we've started off with the Amazon scam emails that have popped up saying there's been a problem with your package being delivered or an email that's saying there's a problem with your Amazon account. So in instances like that, rather than clicking on the email because Amazon doesn't email people, you want to click on the uh, you want to go to your Amazon app and yeah. look to see if there's any problems with your Amazon account or if any packages that, that have occurred. Also, with the beginning of the year, you start to see the scams occur as far as IRS. So people will start to see a lot of the IRS scam messages come in. So you can look at the email. But at the same time, if you start clicking on stuff or if you get a scam call from a company saying that they're from the IRS, you don't want to give out any information at all. And that's how majority of us are tricked is because of those scam messages and scam calls that come into our devices. Another thing that happens that we were talking about, like boo, uh, (laughs) is the scareware. And scareware is basically if you visit a malicious website and it pops up and says, hey, there's a problem with your computer, you need to call this 800 number. So, of course, people panic. They call the number thinking that they're going to get real tech support, and next thing you know, you're giving out personal information, and then your device is compromised. So all your devices are protected. Just make sure that you keep them up to date and make sure that you avoid any scam or bogus message that comes in on your device, whether it be email, text, or phone call. Oh, that is excellent advice. I know far too many people who have been taken in by that. Oh, definitely. The other thing that you have to worry about is cybercrime 
is concerned are the large com- large scale company data breaches that occur. Oh, so yeah. like the Equifaxes and the Yahoo um, breaches and Target and a lot of large companies have had their information breached. And of course, uh, once their systems have been breached and customer data is out there in the dark web. So there's a couple of websites that you can go to to find out if your information is floating around out there. Really? Yeah. So the first one is called Have I Been Pwned? And Pwned is P-W-N-E-D dot com. Okay. So Pwned is a play on the word owned. Oh, it sure. It came from some guys playing video games and someone defeated another person. So they were trying to type in, you've been owned and misspelled owned and put in P-W-N-E-D. So it just caught on. So Pwned basically means that you were kind of taken advantage of. Right. So if you go to haveibeenpwned.com, you can type in your email address and see if your email was part of a large-scale data breach. Right. And if it has, uh, it'll let you know that you've been pwned. And what you need to do is to go in and change your password for any account that you utilize with that email address. And I'm assuming that haveibeenpwned.com is a legit website. It is, yes, okay. it is. and secure. Now, it is secure, but they do have links for you to purchase stuff, but like any other website you, you go to that try to take tries to divert you to go uh, purchase p- additional protection, you just want to ignore that and look at the main information that's on the screen. Right. So yeah, have I been pwned is a great website to check to see if your information is floating mm-hmm. on the web. And another one wow. is called um, FightingIdentityCrimes.com. Uh-huh. And now. <laughs> I forget the company that uh, put together Fighting Identity Crimes, but they're an antivirus company, uh-huh. so you don't have to buy their protection. But on their website, to inform the general public, they have a list of all of the companies that have become victims of large-scale data breaches dating back to 2012. Wow. So what you can do is look at those. Um, what you can do is look at the companies that have been breached, and obviously, if you've dealt with those companies. They'll give you steps of what things you need to do in order to make sure that your data is protected. And they also show what information has been leaked out there. So for a small-scale breach, maybe like your name and address has been leaked out in a data breach, but um, you have larger breaches where Social Security numbers have been breached and credit card information. And so fighting identity crimes will give you step-by-step information as far as what you need to do in order to make sure that your identity is safe. Oh, right, right, absolutely. Now, I know that we do a lot of e-commerce on our website. Well, in, in just in terms of people scheduling. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes people don't want to put in their credit card information to pay for a session in advance. So how secure is something like that when you're going to a website? Oh, if you go to a website and make sure that it has the HTTPS Mm-hmm. Um, prefix in your browser or in your address window, mm-hmm. then that wife, that not wife, that site <laughs> is safe and secure, right. and it should have the padlock on the browser prefix to let you know that right. it's a secured site. And most modern web browsers, such as Chrome and Safari mm-hmm. and Firefox and even Microsoft Edge, will let you know if you're visiting an unsecure website. So right. most of the companies make sure that you're safe when you're visiting websites. So it's kind of like if you visit an unsecured website, if you proceed, you kind of do it at your own risk. But most browsers will pop up and say, hey, this site's not secured. But as long as you go to a secured website, then, yeah, you're perfectly safe. Oh, perfect, perfect. Our scheduling system is through Acuity Software, and that is secured. It's very Mm -hmm. secure. And it goes through Square and PayPal. Right. And I think what people need to remember as far as websites are concerned 
basically when you go on a website, you're visiting someone else's computer. So if you're doing e-commerce, it's a good chance that if it's a secure website, that that company has a team of people that are constantly monitoring the traffic that goes in and out of that Mm -hmm. website. So if they're doing their job and making sure that your information is safe, you're probably uh, in a good position to go visit that website and you can safely put in whatever personal information you need to to interact with that site. Okay, wonderful. That's good to know. So another resolution that you were talking about is uh, being kind to your data. Right. What do you mean by that? (laughs) (laughs) That basically means back up your stuff. So, I mean, because, I mean, this is why we have all our tech devices, right? It's not, I mean, we surf and play games, but the most important aspect of our tech devices is to... photos, our letters, our correspondence, our tax records. Exactly. And so being kind to your data makes, you're making sure that you're keeping that information safe and secure. Right. Because there's many threats out there that can affect your data, such as ransomware attacks, which can basically destroy your data. And then you've just got plain old simple hardware and software failure that can occur with, you know, your devices. So you want to take steps to make sure that you have copies of that data. So if something catastrophic happens to your device, uh, you can have a a backup copy that you can restore from. And there are several ways to do that on computers, whether it be Windows or Mm -hmm. Macintosh computer. Uh, You can purchase an external hard drive. But in Windows and Mac has built-in backup software that will automatically back up your information. Macintosh mm-hmm. users have Time Machine. Right. Windows users have File History. And they both work in the manner of you plug in an external hard drive and then it'll just back up. And mm-hmm. if that device runs out of space with your backups, it'll just delete the older backups and then it'll just continue to back up your data uh, until you choose not to back it up anymore. Mm-hmm. The problem is with external hard drives especially if you're a mobile user, like if you weren't using a laptop, uh, Mac, or Windows computer, Mm -hmm. the the chances that you're going to plug in that external hard drive are slim to none. Because, I mean, think about it. You use a laptop, you're on the go, you open it up, you're just going to immediately get to work. You're not going to take time to plug in that external hard drive. Now, if you've got a desktop Windows or Mac computer, Mm -hmm. the chances are good because that computer is not going anywhere. You plug your external in it's going to back up. But mobile users, it's a challenge. So what I always Mm -hmm. recommend for mobile devices, whether it be laptops, tablets, or smartphones, is to utilize a cloud backup service. Right. So for Apple products, you can utilize iCloud, which you 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 get five gigabytes free, but I think everyone is above and beyond that amount. Oh, yeah, I pay extra for that. Exactly. So you can pay the 99 cents or more depending yeah. on how much storage you need for backup. And so iCloud will back up both your Macintosh device and it'll back up your iPad yeah. and your iPhone automatically. And it's a good thing to have that sort of backup just in case you get a new device. Right. You can just put in your credentials and then, of course, Apple will download all your stuff automatically. And it comes in handy, too, if you lose your phone. <laughs> uh, you just get a new one, and then, of course, exactly. it sucks that you've got to pay, what, $1,500 for a new phone or whatever your insurance you replacement cost is. Exactly. You didn't right. lose any files. Uh, so there's that. Now, Android users can utilize Google Drive, and they can utilize Google Photos. Right. So the good thing with Google Drive is you get 15 gigabytes worth of uh, storage space for your documents. Now, for your photos with Google Photos, mm-hmm. it's unlimited. For photos and videos. So now I know how secure are your photos and videos up there? As secure as your password is. 
Because that's the key. Password's a key. So that kind of goes back to point number one is that as long as you're using secure passwords for all of your online accounts and different passwords for all of your online accounts, your information is going going to be safe. Because what happens if you start to use the same passwords and usernames for all of your online accounts and that information is leaked on the web? Cyber criminals can use your one username and password to log into all of your accounts. Right. And the problem that happens with that is you can also become a victim of what's called credential stuffing, which means that cyber criminals take your credentials that they find on the dark web or that are for sale on the dark web because of a data breach, and then they use those credentials to just keep feeding it into, like, all of your online accounts. So they'll start with social media, and then they'll graduate to, like, more of your financial stuff. So if your credentials work on your social media accounts, then they'll start to stuff the credentials for like your bank and credit card information, then, you know, they've got access to your personal information. And sometimes with streaming accounts, they'll sell that information on the dark web. So like Disney Plus had this happen where people were using old username and password information to log into Disney Plus and criminals figured it out. And then so they took over the account and then they sold the account online for other people to use. Oh, my God. Same thing happened with uh, Ring and some of the smart oh, yeah. home devices where there was a lady or a couple of people that had cyber criminals log into their Ring devices and were talking through the microphone on the camera to, like, kids and other oh. family members. And so they're like, oh, my Ring device got hacked. It's like, no, you <laughs> used the credentials from an old account to set up your smart hub and obviously all those devices connect, so as once the criminals got access to Ring, they're able to log in and see all of your smart activities. So it's always important to utilize different passwords and to make sure that um, you're using pa- strong passwords for all of your online accounts. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's what I love about Max is that they now you can have one password and it updates on all your devices. Right, so. exactly getting easier and easier to use that type of thing. Mm-hmm. I like how you threw Macs out there. Windows almost has that technology. They I think all of them do. do. Yeah, really? they do. Yeah, they do. They want everyone to be safe. So usually Apple kind of starts with that stuff, and then right. all the other companies kind of follow suit. One of the other things I was going to talk about as far right. as cloud backup for your devices, going back to our mm-hmm. take care of your data, yeah. um, you can utilize Google Photos on both your Android devices and you, on your yeah. Apple devices because um, some people are frugal. Right. And maybe they just want to use a free backup service to back up those photos and videos on their phone. So if you have a Google account, you can definitely download Google Photos onto your Apple and Android devices and just make sure that your stuff is being backed up automatically. Yeah. Um, now, for computers, as far as cloud backup, right. there's two services that you can use. Uh, there's Carbonite, uh, which is Carbonite.com, and there's another one called Backblaze.com. But both of these services are true backup services, whereas if you install them on your computers, then it's going to automatically back up your stuff uh, to the cloud. And the fee for both of these services is around 70 bucks a year, and it's unlimited backup. Wow. And there's redundancy, meaning that um, if something catastrophic were to happen, not only on your device, but Mm -hmm. like, say, with Carbonite or Backblaze, they've got 30 days worth of backup to retrieve information from. Oh, my. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, so they've got servers, like, all over the globe. So if right. one server was taken out, then they probably have 10 more that are able to, they were able to retrieve data from. Mm-hmm. So it's it, getting easier and easier. 
to do all the stuff and do what you need to do. Yeah, so it's almost, um, I mean, it's almost a must that you take care of your data because there's so many different threats that are out there that can cause you to experience data loss. So I think part of it is people have that mentality of, well, this isn't going to happen to me. Other people are more along the lines of, I really don't know how to back up my stuff and are too afraid to ask or say, hey, I'm really dumb about this stuff. How do I do it? So, uh, you know, have peace of mind. Technology is really complicated, so it always is a good idea to reach out if you don't understand somebody and have a professional, you know, or maybe a tech-savvy neighbor or friend set out all that for you. But, yeah, you, I think on top of cybersecurity, as far as taking care of your data, that's like probably the top two uh, resolutions or tech resolutions that you should take up in the new year. Yeah, absolutely. And these are this is good information, I have to say. And the next one was show your devices some love. <laughs> <laughs> well, with your devices, I mean, obviously you do want to take care of your devices because right. if you've got a smartphone, right. we, let me see, we both yeah. have covers on our phones, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, see, so obviously uh, if you've yeah. got a smartphone or a tablet, uh, you do want to buy a protective cover for mm-hmm. these phones because I mean, basically, well, the, you're working the, with the, a sheet of glass. Yeah, the, and you're the right, screen, the screen thing the screen too. Protector. It I is important. It so many times. Right, exactly. So that's one way that you can protect your or show your devices some love. Another way is just mm-hmm. to make sure that your devices are up to date. So if right. you've got, what do we have? iPhones? You yeah. got iPhone, right? Yeah, I got yeah, iPhone. Yeah, so I've got iPhones. I uh, like Apple. But I know, yeah, I love it. I think I, the current version of Apple OS or iPhone OS is, um, I think, 13. But when you get so. those updates on your iPhone, you want to make sure that you download those updates to keep safe from the legitimate threats are out Absolutely. there. Because the way this works for both smartphones and computers mm-hmm. is they have what's called a bug bounty. And so mm-hmm. companies will pull it, put out um, basically a challenge to all the hackers out there to say, hey, we've got this bug bounty. If you can hack into our device, then we'll award you money. Uh, to show us where the flaws are. So once the flaws are discovered, then the manufacturers will create a fix for the flaw, and then we get it um, in the form of a security update. So when you see those, you want to download those updates to make sure that your devices are um, safe and secure from the latest threats out there. Because, you know, with the bug bounty, it's more kind of a worst-case scenario. It's like, well, yeah, this could happen, but we want to make sure our customers are safe so we're going to go ahead and issue a, a patch or an update for it to make sure that you're safe from all of the devices. So it doesn't matter if you're using an iPhone or an Android phone mm-hmm. or a tablet. Yeah, you want to make sure that your devices are up to date. And the right. same thing with your computers, too, because right. um, Microsoft ended support for Windows 7. So if you've got a Windows 7 device, it's time to put it it's to rest. It's time to say goodbye. It is. An update to Windows 10, you know. So... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's and you're kind of at that point where you can still upgrade some Windows 7 devices to 10 easily, but if mm-hmm. your device is older, then it's time to go ahead and just make a purchase and get a new right. Windows device. And I know another challenge for, for Apple users is that in older Mac OS versions, they didn't have an automatic update feature on. Right. So there's Mac users out there, and I know you're out there, <laughs> that haven't updated their Mac OS. So I think yeah. the current supported versions by Apple are Sierra, well, I'll mm-hmm. take that back. So Hi Sierra, right. Mojave, and Catalina, which is the latest version of Mac OS. So if you're using, like, say, Snow Leopard 
or El Capitan or Mavericks or even like Lion, it's time to update that Mac because it's the same process as far as your Windows device is concerned. You want to make sure you have the latest and greatest Mac operating system to keep you protected from all of the viral threats that are out there on the Internet. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, um, yeah, you've got to update that stuff. Because what happened too is your browser, because I know Safari is affected mm-hmm. on a Mac if you don't right. have the latest Mac o, uh, OS update. Mm-hmm. Um, Windows, or not Windows, but Macintosh Mail is affected if you don't have the latest update. So you'll notice that these programs won't work the way that they're supposed to because right. they don't have the latest version. And the thing you have to worry about as far as Mac OS and Safari there are specific websites that look to see which version browser you're using. So if it sees you're using an older browser version of Safari, mm-hmm. then the website's not going to work the way that it's supposed to. Right. So you go to it, it'll either be a bunch of gibberish or the website will tell you, hey, we're not going to let you access this site because we don't want to be compromised. So I don't think people realize that as far as updating your Mac OS that it is intertwined with all of those other devices out there. Right, right. That's, that's a very good point. So the next thing that you're, the next resolution is get rid of that digital clutter. I am so guilty of that, Burton. <laughs> I am a digital hoarder. Really? Yeah. What, as far as programs or just like no, devices? As far as, no, as far as um, like old recordings from sessions. And, right. Right. Now, you can, there, there comes a limit with that. So as far as your clutter, I understand some people want to archive like their old documents or videos. Right. Or, and that's okay. But if you knowingly know, if that's a term, that you've got duplicate files on your computer, okay. uh, then, yeah, you want to go through and try to clean up some of that clutter. Now, I know on Apple with like the photos, um, it'll go through and check for duplicates. So that's an right. easy way to go through and clear out those duplicate photos. On Windows, it's a little bit more complicated because there's really no uh, way to clear out all those duplicate files unless you go through and kind of search through all those Rush photos. Up, yeah. yeah, and it's it's a pain in the butt. But um, And having a lot of clutter on your devices doesn't really store it, but it's more of that stress of trying to find information when you're looking for it. Same thing with emails. You know, if you've mm-hmm. got emails that are and I usually say it's a good idea for people to keep them maybe three to five years worth of mm-hmm. emails. But if you get a ton of emails, you probably should kind of condense that to maybe two to three years worth of emails. But go through and delete all those emails out of there because all it's yeah. doing is, number one, it's um, it's stressing you out because you right. can't really find your emails. And the second thing is that it is taking up space on your devices. So right. it doesn't matter if it's your phone or your computers, those old emails with the attachments uh, are taking up room on all of your devices. Now, is that true of, um, like, web-based? Like, you know, we we usually have um, one app on our computer, mm-hmm. whatever that is, the runs our email. But then if you go to the website version, right. like gmail.com, is mm-hmm. it true of that as well? Oh, heck yeah, because... Okay. Um, those uh, those web providers give you a quota as far as how much stuff you can store True. on the web. So you True. definitely need to go out and clean those emails because the actual emails themselves mm-hmm. really don't take up a lot of room. It's all the attachments that we have in email right. that, that do it. And, of course, when you're using a web-based solution like, say, Yahoo or Gmail right. or even um, Outlook.com, 
those web right. providers have a quota um, as far as how much they want to give out to the individual user. And of course, they want they don't want to have to constantly buy new storage space for people too. So they're exactly. going to keep you well within your rights, and that's why you want to go through and clean out a lot of that email. Right, and some right. of the things you have to watch out too is through your service provider, your internet provider. So if you have like a Spectrum account or a mm-hmm. Comcast account or even AT&T, they don't give you as much storage as, say, some of the other companies like Google. Right. And, um, you know, your email just won't, it won't, you won't be able to send and receive email if you have a bunch of, of stuff on there. Oh, yeah. Now, the other aspect of that is your digital devices. I know people will hold on to, like, antiquated technology, thinking that somehow miraculously oh. it's going to pop up. Because you know what some of the electronics, they'll be gain popularity again. Like, sure. um, And I think you see this more with, like, console gaming systems, like your old Atari and yeah. some of your old Sony PlayStation stuff. Wee. Yeah, exactly. But with um, smartphones and tablets, uh, it's not going to go backwards because... The technology that's used to keep those devices communicating Mm -hmm. with the carrier isn't going to fall back. So it's not like you're going to be able to pull up that old flip phone you have 15 years ago and expect it to connect to your current Verizon, Sprint, or AT&T network. So if you've got old phones laying around, uh, you probably just need to take them to the nearest recycling center to get rid of it. Same thing with computers, too. I mean, people hold on to old computers, I think, thinking that, yeah, it's just going to circle around and I'll be able to use... Uh, my MacBook from 2008, 2009, and it just, it ain't going to happen. So it's just wow. best to get rid of it. And maybe if you have some older laptop or computer, maybe you can repurpose it or give it to someone and let them repurpose right. it so that they can use it rather than just holding on to that device thinking mm-hmm. that you're going to do do something with it. And we see this a lot at Integral. We go out to businesses and homes and they're like we're like well so what are you going to do with the old computer they're like i think we're going to keep it and you're like well, why are you going to keep that old computer right right and so over the years we'll go back to these customers and they're still holding on to that stuff so it's just like yeah let it go now if you do because i do have an old <laughs> i have to laugh because i have an old <laughs> computer desktop mm-hmm. that i need to do something with but um like that, is it important to wipe that that's a good point. Yes, it is. So one of the easiest ways to wipe your, let's start with computers and then we'll do smart devices. So right. the easiest way to keep your information safe on your computer if you're giving it to someone outside of your family is to take the hard drive or the storage device out of it and either break it if it's like a solid state hard drive or if it's like your old mechanical hard drive, just take a hammer to it and just beat the mess out of that hard drive so it can't be used. Um but, I mean, you can also um, wipe those devices. Like, if you reset the, the the computer back to factory defaults, it'll probably do a good oh, job sure. to wipe all of that data off of it so it doesn't get into prying hands. The thing that you don't want to do is to just take that device uh, without wiping it to, say, a recycling mm-hmm. center. Because over the years, unfortunately, many of those places have been guilty of taking old tech but they really don't have the time to quickly wipe the data from your devices. And so not that it's happened at a recycling right. center, but there's always that possibility that Good. if they don't wipe it quick enough, somebody could come in and steal all those old devices, you know, right. thinking that they're just getting computer. And then when they turn it on, your data is there. And, of course, they can utilize the data on those. 
That's absolutely right. Yeah, so exactly. that's a good idea. There's um, programs out there on the Internet that mm-hmm. allow you to wipe your computers where it'll be completely clean. Um, but for the most part, uh, other than taking your hard drive out of your device, you probably would have to call in an expert to come in and wipe all that stuff for you to make sure it's safe and secure. Right. Now, phones and tablets are a little bit easier. You can uh, go ahead and reset those devices back to right. factory defaults, and then they'll wipe the data uh, from them completely. And another thing that helps with your smartphone and mm-hmm. your tablets, most of these smart devices are, when you put a password on them, will encrypt or lock up or scramble the data on those devices. Right. So when you wipe it and set it back to factory defaults, mm-hmm. all your data is wiped off anyway. And it's backed up to the cloud. Well, yeah. If, you, yeah, if you're backing it up to the cloud before you wipe it, then yeah, it's going to store that data in the cloud. Mm-hmm. And um, then that way you can give, a, give that old phone or tablet to someone else or exactly. give, you know, have it recycled and not worried about your data being compromised. No, that's a very, very good point because I know that most of us just don't know what to do. We're not all Burton Kelsos. Right, exactly. <laughs> There's only one Burton Kelso. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So we're not all um, able to do all these things or have the time or the bandwidth to do I was going to bring up something on your phone. I'm glad yeah. you brought it out because, I mean, right. it looks like your screen is is blank. So I think this can jump back to, like, our number right. one tip as far as the type of um, protector that you have on your smartphone, which is... Um, a security protector. So I'm like yeah. sitting right next to you. And unless you can't you, read it. I can't read it. So, Until it's like facing you. Right, exactly. Right? So that's one of the things that you have to worry about, especially in a business as far as mm-hmm. protecting your data and being aware of like cybercrime. There are such thing as shoulder surfers when you go out in public places. So it doesn't Absolutely. matter if you're at the store or the coffee shop. You know, there's always someone, you know, <laughs> appear at your device and you never know you may have sensitive information up there and if you carry sensitive information on your computer screen uh, or on your smartphone or tablet it's important to have one of those screen protectors on there so that people can't pry over there so i think that's a good idea because i saw you reading on the phone and it's like Uh i know and i'm like well i don't see anything exactly yeah exactly i thought maybe you had like the special glasses on where it was like showing up the data but it's just basically so tell us where did you this is a five dollar screen protector from five below really yeah so you ordered on what amazon no i just went into the five below store oh really okay i got you really there are two or three five below store five and below perhaps and they've got all kinds of cables i never pay top dollar for chargers right because they have them at five below well you have to watch out with that though why is that? Because you want to get like the actual manufacturer charger. Because not all chargers are built the same. Thank you. Okay. Tell me more. So, yeah, the $5 screen protector is great because that's just right. a device that's laying on top I got of your. The case. Yeah, too. exactly. Mm-hmm. So, it's just a dev- device that's covering the mm-hmm. outside of your smartphone or even your tablet. But mm-hmm. for cables, uh, they're made, if you buy a discount cable, they're made cheaply. And so. Not saying that it will happen, but there's a possibility that it will cause the ion lithium battery in your smartphone or tablet not to function, I know, not to function right. So it's always good to get the factory cable when you're getting cables to charge your smartphone or tablet. Or the other thing that you can do, uh, since most of smartphones are moving this direction, um, is to get the wireless charger. So if you find a discount wireless charger you're okay because it's just sending a wireless signal to your phone 
right. to charge it. So you can get aftermarket wireless chargers, but as far as the actual cable that plugs in, yeah, you really want to be careful with that because you never know if someone made a cable cheap and then in charging your phone it could, you know, overcharge the battery or uh, you know, cause well, I won't say cause your phone to blow up. We'll just say it could cause your it could cause the phone to not charge correctly cuz what mm-hmm. a cable is supposed to do with your smartphone right uh when your battery reaches the when it's full mm-hmm. uh, as far as charging it's supposed to stop sending uh you know a power right. to the battery but if you have an aftermarket there's that possibility that mm-hmm. it's going to constantly just keep overcharging your battery and then that's when you can run into problems so oh yeah absolutely that's very good advice indeed mm-hmm. Because I do get a lot of the discount. Right, exactly. Everybody does. Everybody does. Right, exactly. There's not, yeah. So I think that could, what's that categorized with the show your devices some love, isn't it? Show your devices some yeah, love. Absolutely. That, that categorizes that. Yeah, the, right. the screen protector and mm-hmm. the actual case for the phone, I think, is a good idea to, to oh, make sure that you're, you're doing it. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, you talked about shoulder surfers. I brought my laptop. I'm pointing over here to my laptop. People can't see it if they're watching. But I brought my laptop to Sunday school, and I was showing a movie to the kids. Mm-hmm. And one of the kids was looking over my shoulder. He goes, I know what your password is. Oh, really? He just saw me typing it. Oh, wow. And I said, come here and tell me. And he, he was absolutely right. Really? Right. These wow. kids today, I tell you. That's amazing. I so did you change your password? Oh, heck yes. <laughs> oh, yes, I did. What were you trying to log into? Like a Oh, just to open up my computer. Oh, okay, I right? got you. So you didn't want the chance that some kid could, could just come along and start accessing absolutely. your computer. Yeah, yeah Cause, absolutely. Because, um, yeah, one of the challenges that can happen if you leave your laptop unattended, most people are automatically logged into their favorite right. websites. You know, I'm sure you save your passwords in Safari. And Absolutely. I think, you know, people save them in all their browsers. So if you're out mm-hmm. in a public setting, you know, you could have a couch surfer, you know, figure out what your computer password is. And then, of course, you know, if you're out at a coffee shop, what do we do? We have to go to the little boy or girl's room. We say, hey, do you mind watching my device? And, of course, once you're gone and someone can get in and start either purchasing stuff or just getting all of your access to all your stuff, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that would be that would be bad. That would be bad, you know. <laughs> Especially if you had some little kid at Sunday school like, accessing your stuff. A smart kid at Sunday school. Right, exactly. <laughs> so you just have to do the fire and brimstone if that happens. Say, well yeah, if you know my password, you know, you're you know, all bad sort of bad things are gonna happen to you, you know. Exactly. <laughs> you know Miss Christie has eyes in the back of my head. That's right. Just that is saying, right. I was convinced my mom had eyes in the back of her head when I was a kid. <laughs> Hi, this is Christy. I just want to say that we here at Radiate Wellness hope you're enjoying this podcast. It's free to you, and we hope that you find it informative and inspirational. Heck, even fun. We have just three small asks of you to help us radiate growth. First, please hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on. That way, you'll receive a notification every time that we have a new podcast episode out. Next, please give us a thumbs up a like, or a five-star review. If you're feeling inspired, a positive review wouldn't hurt. These two small things will help others find us when they're searching for great podcasts. Finally, please tell your friends about the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Better yet, show them how to find us and how to subscribe. If everyone did that, we would double our audience. Thanks a lot. We really appreciate it.
So the next resolution that you uh, that you have here is get rid of the okay. Well, we did the digital clutter, but unplug from technology. Oh man, that is so important. You know, I think so. Yeah, I mean, if you want balance in your life and to have a you know calm, I guess work environment and a home environment, you just don't want to get caught up in your technology all the time. I mean, it's mm-hmm. really um, easy to get caught up with um, our technology because with our alerts popping up. From apps and even on your, uh, not so much Mac, but on your Windows computer, you mm-hmm. have alerts that are always popping up because mm-hmm. um, of different things that are going on in the world or different updates that need to be done on your, um, you know, the updates that need to be device. done on your devices. Mm-hmm. It's uh, designed to keep you engaged. Right. It's designed, yes. yeah, your yes. smart devices are designed to keep you addicted. I mean, that's yes. the whole purpose of these alerts. I mean, yes, it's like to, to let you know that there's something going on, but at the same time, yeah, that's the goal is to keep you always engaged in your uh, smart devices. So um, it, it's important that you create balance when it comes to technology in your real yeah. life. I mean, yes, you probably need your smartphone to uh, utilize it for work or even if you're you know, a domestic engineer uh, to keep track of what's going on with family right. and, and friends. But at the same time, you do have to create those zones or times where you just cut out technology and not do anything. So I know for me, I usually unplug on Sundays Mm -hmm. uh, just to kind of not utilize any technology um, and reconnect with family and just other stuff that I want to do, whether it be out in nature or just sitting around being a slug on the couch. Um, That's good. That's, you know, less time than my mind's engaged with technology and more time that I'm engaged uh, with family members. And you mentioned unplugging from devices. People just kind of like, oh, my gosh, I can't do that at all. You know, I don't want to unplug for my device. Right. So, um, But I think you do have to make times to do it, whether you do it in the evenings when you get home or you just choose a specific day that you want to unplug from technology. I think it's important that we disconnect from our devices. And if you right. start to see some of the studies that are going on as far as um, – digital addiction with adults and with kids, you, you, it's kind of scary data and it makes you, I mean, it should make you step back for a moment and say, well, I really knew need to uh, disconnect from that device. And for parents, it's kind of an easy thing to give a kid a smart device to allow them to uh, be distracted so that you can do adult stuff. But, um, you know, kids respond better when you interact with them. So I think it's important that you consider the act of unplugging as far as waiting a little bit to introduce your kids to smart devices. I mean, I know you've got, you know, you've got smartphones, you've got tablets, you've got the handheld uh, console systems now that can easily distract kids. So I think as parents, you really do have to take a moment to say, you know, as far as our family's concerned, as far as our kids are concerned, we really want to, um, have a less of a connected society. Yeah, I think so. Because I think with parents, I think it's a badge of honor to say, mm-hmm. hey, I've got a kid that's tech savvy. But, I mean, playing, you know, hours of Fortnite or yeah, <laughs> or just figuring yeah. out a password doesn't mean that your kid is technology savvy. I mean, in my mind, tech savvy means that you are able to uh, – find a solution to a problem that somebody's having with their technology, meaning right. that they can't see it, uh, send out email, uh, what to do if someone's device has been hacked, 
those would be more along the lines of someone that's tech savvy because just because you know how to pick up a smartphone or utilize an online game service, I mean, I think anybody can do that, you know, if you really think about it. So, you know, I would discourage parents from pushing their kids to uh, smart devices or interacting with social media accounts or um, there's other things that kids can do on the web like um, YouTube. They've got YouTube kids. But if you look at YouTube and some of the other streaming services like Amazon and Netflix, they're designed to keep you engaged because with YouTube, heck, you could sit there for hours because what happens? Your videos just keep, you know, your video ends, another one starts playing. So for kids, Mm -hmm. they don't really have the capacity to turn off electronics in their mind. So it's harder to, you know, shut that down Mm -hmm. uh, for them to disconnect. And some adults have a hard time disconnecting from technology too. Especially at 3 a.m. Oh my gosh, what is that when you get onto your... Well, I hear that from everybody. Sometimes, you know, you can't sleep. What are you doing? You're up at, you know, and then you go down the YouTube wormhole. Oh yeah, or the Wikipedia wormhole. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Or even the social media wormhole. I mean, it's so easy to get caught up. And the other thing when you're, because you brought up sleep and unplugging, um, many experts are saying that you should go ahead and stick with an old-fashioned alarm clock because... People will use their smart devices right. as their alarm clock. So if, as you're setting your alarm, you're like, oh, well, let me check and see what's going on. So next thing you're, you're up another hour or two right. because you've gone down the rabbit hole. And the display from your screen mm-hmm. actually goofs with the melatonin in your, um, or, yeah, in your body mm-hmm. to disrupt your sleep patterns. Absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, when you're looking at the screen... While you're laying in bed, it's actually keeping you up at night. Absolutely. No, our eyes are geared toward blue light. Blue light means it's waking time. Right. Because the sky is blue. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, when we see the other frequencies of light, then it wires our brain that, you know, we're supposed to be awake. Exactly, yeah. Right. So there was just today that we're recording this, January 28th, I believe, um, Donna Kelly posted something on our Facebook page. It's going to be a blog on our website soon about the importance of darkness in mm-hmm. sleep. Oh yeah. And so this is this is a very good point. Now I know that there are apps. There are just different things on our computers. I, again, I refer to Macs because that's what I have. You can set Do Not Disturb for nighttime hours. There are different things. Um, apps that will literally shut down certain websites to get productivity done mm-hmm. because we're radiating productivity, right? So what do you think of these type of tricks in these apps well obviously they work because both android and apple have uh, the screen time feature on um you know both tablets and smartphones so you Mm -hmm. can kind of monitor what your screen time is um, as far as the percentage that you're using per app and then you can kind of take your own personal steps to make sure that you're cutting down your actual screen time and then you can go in and set it so that you can't get into specific apps um you know specific times of the day because i know on desktops uh, I think there's Calm that's available yeah. for Windows and Macs that allow you to kind of shut down those distraction devices. But the other thing you want to do, too, um, rather than downloading apps, is to con- turn off notifications on both your computer and on your smart devices. And I think right. that's a good step as far as making sure that you don't have a – oh, I am always I always get this ac- acronym wrong. So fear of missing out. So FOMO. FOMO. There you go. Yes. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, Burton Kelso is live on LinkedIn. I have to go watch. Right, exactly, yeah. Right? But I mean, that's how it's designed to 
to work out. So, yeah, you want to cut off those notifications if you can mm-hmm. in both social media and on the apps on your smartphones and, and tablets. And, of course, Windows users, uh, you su- you suffer from FOMO because you're, whatever app you download from the Windows App Store will pop up with alerts as well. So oh, yeah. turning off alerts is a is a good start, you know, before you go through the process of mm-hmm. turning on screen time and mm-hmm. turning on, downloading more stuff in order to kind of help you uh, unplug from technology. One of the things I was going to mention, too, as far yes. as technology unplugging is um, the first weekend of March is National Day of Unplugging. So is it? It is, yeah. So the challenge is to go from sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday and make sure that you either eliminate or reduce your technology use um, during that 24-hour period. Of course, I love when I post that on social media. People, I can't put it down. It's like a badge of honor. I can't put it down. I need my device. But, I mean, we've survived without our electronics for so long. So why all of a sudden we can't put down our electronic devices? Right. I think it's because of FOMO. Um, yeah, it, it really is. Cause I mean, there's things that you can do to let people know that you're away, like for email, you can go in and, vacation uh, response. exactly vacation response. Um, mm-hmm. especially the web-based ones like Google and Yahoo and Outlook mm-hmm. all have vacation responders so that people don't feel like you're ignoring them. They, you can just That's say, something. Hey, I'm, uh, suffering from FOMO, you know, contact me on Sunday or Monday and I'll get back to you. But, um, there's apps uh, that you can download onto your phone as far as your social media accounts too, so that you can let people know that you're away. But kind of the good thing with social media now, it's not so timely. Like when you go live, it sends out an instant alert. Right. But most of your posts, I don't know if people are realizing that, is that it's not time sensitive. So you may post like Happy Monday, and then some people don't see it till like Wednesday <laughs> because of the social media, media algorithm. So I think if you get that mindset too, that if you're posting to social media, especially if you have a business and you want to engage and connect with people, that you put more generic posts out there so that you're just sharing tidbits of your life, but not, hey, right now I'm at whatever, you know. Right. No, that's excellent. Yeah, that's excellent. I think a lot of people need to know how to use social media more effectively, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and the other thing, too, as far as social media is concerned, a lot of those posts you can actually schedule out. So if you utilize... um, services like Sprout Social or Hootsuite or even Facebook's built-in scheduler, mm-hmm. then you can kind of build your social media campaign and still stay engaged with people. Um, right. Because, um, I mean, Hootsuite, I think you can do up to three mm-hmm. social media accounts. Or if you're on Facebook, you can definitely schedule it out for, mm-hmm. I think, uh, three months in advance. I think you can. Yeah, but I mean, if you yeah. schedule it out, it right. puts you in a position where you're not focused on, well, I need to come up with the uh, best social media post. You just kind of schedule it out and then just kind of let it dole out. And I think mm-hmm. as far as a connection standpoint and from, um, I guess, from even a business social media standpoint, if you're scheduling it out through Hootsuite, even though I think it may be, maybe it's 10 bucks a month, but if you're still utilizing a service like that, a social media dashboard mm-hmm. to schedule, it just kind of frees you up and allows you to to connect. Um, another thing, as far as unplugging, or you got to do coffee. What do you mean? Meaning that you you we want to stay connected through social media, right? And we get those requests from people that say, "Hey, you know, when you got a moment, let's meet for coffee." And yeah, 
in our busy lives, it's kind of hard to say yes to all of those requests. But I think you do have to have that face-to-face connection oh, every now and then just to um, help build and maintain that relationship. So yeah. that's part of the unplugging process, too, rather than trying to keep up with all of your social media contacts only on social media. No. That you get yeah. out and you in- engage with people. Same thing with family members and friends. Right. because. There are so many different ways that we can stay engaged mm-hmm. that makes us feel engaged. Like you've got FaceTime on your iDevices. I you've got, um, oh, you've got um, Zoom uh, meetings yeah, you right. can do. You can do Skype. Skype. Exactly. So that kind of makes you feel like you're connecting with people, but still that you're still in front of a device. Yeah. and You really can't interact like you mm-hmm. normally could when you're face-to-face and doing stuff. So even consider eliminating those types of um, interactions if you can. I mean, obviously, if someone's overseas, you know, that ain't going to happen. But if someone's in town, you know, you don't want to just relegate relegate your relationship to just Skype meetings when they're like maybe a 20-minute or 30-minute drive. Exactly. There's nothing like the face-to-face. Exactly. And so I think we need to to concentrate more on that aspect as far as technology is concerned as opposed to just, you know, hopping online and just interacting with people online. Yeah, you know? absolutely. No, I preach, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but I get discouraged sometimes because, um, I mean, I'll get those requests like, hey, let's meet for coffee. But then you're looking at your schedule um, and you're like, well, wow, you know, I've got all of right. these customers I need to take care of. I can't really put them off right. um, to, you know, meet for coffee, which something obviously you're just – doing it just for the sake of FaceTime. And I think one of the fears that we have too, especially with social media, you get that um, uh, anonymous email from, hey, let's meet for coffee so I can pick your brain. So you're thinking, that's a revenue loser. You know, if I meet for somebody and they're trying to get pump me for information. Um, But I think we have to get past that mindset because you can meet and you can just stay mum or just say, no, I'm not going to give you this personal information or business information. Right. Or you say, you know, that's an excellent question. Well, let's schedule a time for you to come in and we'll we'll sit and talk about that. You can schedule it on my website and you can pay for the session. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. So that way you can kind of cut out the people that are taking advantage of your, right. you know, of your services and then make sure that you're meeting with quality people that may want to just vent or just want to interact with people live. Yeah, network, yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. There's nothing like it. Yeah, I was going to say the other thing, too, is, you know, nothing wrong with going to the occasional networking event either. (laughs) You know? I know. I see you at nearly all of them. I try to stay away from all of them. And I I think maybe with the combination... Wait, you try to stay away from them? I do, and I'll tell you why. Because, um, I mean, you're interacting with people on social media, but at the same time, networking, if you do too much of it, can take away from the money-making aspects of your business. So I try to go to them when, you know, there's an appointment cancellation or if there's a slow day at interval, um, I'll go to them then. But at the same time, I really don't want to make that the, you know, that's my existence is to go and meet people Mm -hmm. at networking events. But I do try to schedule or go to some just to have FaceTime with people that, uh, I may have interacted only with social media, but then yeah. I get to see face to face. But yeah, I, I, it's easy to fall into that trap of, hey, I want to hang out with some people, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, well, you really have to keep your eye on the prize, you know, because what's the old adage, you know, a bird in the hand, meaning a current customer is better than two in the bush, which is someone a you potential. may be trying to, yeah, potential. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why Absolutely. I say, yeah, I try to. Yeah, I'm trying to stay away from those. And for that reason, I do love social media because people get to see who I am. Right. See what I'm about. Mm-hmm. See what I think. See what my energy is like. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you probably do so many live events. You do mm-hmm. a lot of live. Right. In fact, Burton and I met at Global Entrepreneurship Week. Right. You were teaching some really awesome classes. And I said, okay, you need to come to my office and we're going to talk. Right. <laughs> right. Because this was all really super stuff for entrepreneurs. But also anybody who's wanting to just engage more, and I don't know, there was it was wonderful information. Yeah, and I think the the thing with technology, it affects all of us. Oh yeah. And so um, it works in all all aspects because we all want a life with technology that's stress free. I mean, I think yeah. that everyone's trying to get to that goal that yes, I want all the cool devices, but at the same time, I want to make sure that I'm my information safe. And the fact that my devices are going to work the way that they're supposed to without me getting all bent out of shape and stressed out about how those devices are going to work. And so, um, I mean, I think it's, you know, obviously we're talking tech, but at the same time, there's a human aspect to technology, too. And one of the things that I try to work on as far as being a tech expert is to make sure that I can interact with people in a non-tech way. Because there's a yes. ton, ton of tech guys out there that can talk the lingo and stuff. Yeah. But like, the, the, like how tech support is stressful when we talk to tech, techs overseas yeah. and there's a language barrier, same thing happens if you're talking to an English-speaking tech and they're just talking gibberish that's like, woo. So oh, yeah. like a, I guess an unofficial resolution I would add would be if you're dealing with someone who – you know, in life and in business, who's just like over your head at, as far as tech, you know, develop a relationship with someone that can talk to you in a, you know, a non-tech way that can kind of help you get understanding of mm-hmm. how all of your stuff works, you know? That is an excellent point because we have tech to make our lives easier. That's the whole purpose of it. That's yeah, you don't, shouldn't purpose. be stressed out about it. You shouldn't be throwing your phone down or banging right. on the keyboard or any of that stuff. You should be able to talk to somebody who's able to talk you down from the ledge and um, able to get your stuff working in a way that works for you. Because with technology, there really isn't a wrong way to do technology. Mm-hmm. You just have to find the right way that it's going to help bring balance to your life. So right. I know, um, and not to pick on you, but I know there's Apple users that'll mm-hmm. say, well, you know, if you're a Windows user, you should really go to Mac. Well, the challenge with that is, is that if you've always used Windows and then you've got to jump from Mac, it's not intuitive. You really have to understand how that transition from Windows to Mac is going to work or vice versa. Um, So I always tell people, like if you're an iPhone user, an Android user, one's not better than the other. Just stick with what you know and get to understand that a lot better than trying to figure out what people are telling you is the easiest or what is the best, you know? I love that. Yeah, because if you, and I know we're pointing to you like your off-screen MacBook <laughs> Pro, but with Apple products versus Windows products, when you buy an Apple product, you're buying a $2,500 device. And so right. it's like top of the line. So that device has got the titanium case. It's the best processor, the best whatever. And you can't compare that with like a six or seven hundred dollar Windows device. Right. It's still good, but of course the quality is not gonna be there with a Macintosh computer. Mm-hmm. Now, if you bought a two thousand dollar Windows computer, yeah, that quality is gonna be there. But at the same time, uh, 
going from a Windows to a Mac or Mac to Windows isn't going to make your life easier. You just have to embrace what you have and then just make right. sure that you get the you have the piece of technology that's going to make your life a lot easier. Because I know there's texts all the time that are like, oh, well, you shouldn't use this or this is easier. And it's like, well, no, let's take what you got and let's see if we can make it work better for you. Oh, I love it. The, I, I love what you said about there's no wrong just finding the right for you. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's in all aspects of life. In you know? everything. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to rip that off. <laughs> <laughs> there's no wrong. There's only right for you. Yeah, there's, yeah there is no wrong. I mean, in, right. I mean, if you look at like Android and iPhones, I mean, they're yeah. pretty much the same thing. And I Any think more. internally, same thing with Windows and Mac. I think yeah. internally, they prob- all the parts come from the same factory in Taiwan. Right. It's just once they're assembled, Apple's putting their stamp on it or Windows... Microsoft or Dell or whoever yeah. is putting their stamp on it, but internally it's it's all the same stuff. It really you know, is. it really is. And we do the same things with it. Mm-hmm. Just finding a that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like yeah, if you you're using Mac, you're getting on the internet. You may be using Safari, right? You know, so right. you know you're using Safari. If you're a Windows user, maybe you're using Edge or you're using Chrome. Mm-hmm. Now there are some differences, like for example, if um, you know, if you're using outdated technology, right? You would have to make that switch. But out, you know, so with Mac, luckily the operating system stayed the same. Yeah. With Windows, they won't change so much anymore. But if you're making that transition from seven to ten, there may be a learning curve. But one of the things that I've noticed when we've transitioned customers from Windows seven to ten is that we make sure that they have the same background, all the icons that they had on their desktop are exactly the same place. It looks and feels. It's exactly yeah. the same. And so that's how you have to make it work, you know? Right. We had a tech who's no longer with us. He went out to one of our elderly customers. And so this gentleman made the mistake. He ran out of, he didn't clear his clutter. You know, we, talk, we, we talked talk about, about that. that, right? We talked about that. He didn't clean his clutter. He kept email. So his email... Um, got full, and so all he needed to do was to log on to his email, delete all the old mail out, yeah. but he called Apple, and Apple's like, oh, well, you need to buy new this. Called Microsoft, yeah, you need to buy new this. So he updated his Microsoft Office, and um, of course, with new oh product, God. he didn't know what to do. Right. So he sent a tech out, and the answer was simple. Go back to the old program. You know, you still had it installed on this computer. It's like, well, you don't need this. You just needed to delete your email out and then just start using your old program again. Right. You know? Well, you know, something that you had posted on LinkedIn really got to me because I'm still running um, InDesign. Right. And I'm using the, I think, 6 version mm-hmm. of InDesign, and I'm too cheap to upgrade because that's a really expensive program. So you can still use InDesign, though, right? That's just it. So I was thinking, oh, my God, because I kept getting these notifications that this is not going to work with future versions. You need to upgrade. You need to upgrade. And I thought, oh, my gosh. Okay, let me figure out where we're going to okay. And then I saw you had posted, it's like, don't, no, they just put that out to scare you. Yeah, until it actually pops up where, I know on Macs you get the little white no sign on an app that says it won't work. Until you get that, just keep using it until you can't use it anymore. Because I know on the Mac side, um, for a while I was using Office 2000 and, I want to say 2008. Right. And every time I would update Mac OS, it would still work. So I'm like, well, yeah, let's keep trucking with it. Same thing with Office for Windows computers. I know... When people get new computers at the computer store, they're always, oh, yeah, you need to upgrade to Office 365. Until it doesn't work, keep using it. 
Right. You know? you know where all the icons are. You know where all your shortcuts are. And you know the whole overall interface of how the product works. So yeah. don't stress yourself out trying to learn new stuff if you don't have to. Just keep using that old technology until uh, you know it just won't work anymore. So the funny thing, back to the story with the tech and the, old, yeah, the yeah, older yeah, adult guy yeah. we had, he uh, the tech kept kind of bow beating him saying, yeah, you need it. You just you have, don't have any choice. You just got to go with the the old stuff. But you know, it was a Google search away to find out if this old version, because I think this gentleman was using like Office 2010 for the Mac, and so the new one was like Office 365. So a quick Google search is like, well, yeah, he can still use Office 2010 on his Mac, and he can just keep going with it. You know, so that was the solution. I went out and said, why don't you use the old stuff? Like I can do that. Like yeah, it's it's still supported. So as soon as he got back into that familiar environment, then he was able to he was able to function. You know, I am so glad that there are people like you who can break it down because I know so many things are a quick Google search away. But I look at all of the hits that come back, and I'm like, oh my goodness, my little eyes glaze over. Right, exactly, and that's part of the thing too. I think some people think, oh yeah, you can just Google everything, but you know, it you you spend a lot of Sometimes you can spend a lot of wasted time going through all of these articles of uh, different right. texts that have tried different things in order to solve a problem. Exactly. You know, so why stress yourself out? You why know, stress yourself out when you can call Burton Kelso. Well, you with could. Integral. Yeah, and that's not an ad out there. That's you know, that's more along the lines of just find balance. Just find some tech savvy person that you can talk Absolutely. to, and make sure that when you get your stuff, as far as any technology you use in your life, make mm-hmm. sure that you have a clear understanding of how it works so that way you minimize the stress and the problems that you have in your life. Right, right. Well, um, I do want to give a shout out to your company and how people can find you if they need some tech help or just have some... Should I say we're a Google search away? <laughs> You're a Google search away. I know you were wanting to. <laughs> I know. But yeah, you can find us at callintegralnow.com. Mm-hmm. We've got our website. And of course, uh, we're um, integral all over social media or call integral now on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, and am I missing something? LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yeah. YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. we've got a YouTube channel. So we've all got, the um, yeah, all the social stuff. So yeah, there's, uh, on our YouTube channel, we've got like, what, over 500 tech tip videos right. on there? Exactly. Also, just a YouTube search away. Right, exactly. So Right. So a wealth of information, mm-hmm. and you've got techs that can help if need be. Oh, exactly. But you've got yeah. so much free content out there that people can learn from, and your website is very good. You know, one of the cool things that? that I started doing in 2020? So that? you can, you know, on your Amazon Alexa devices, you have what's called flash briefings. See, I don't have Alexa. You don't? So no. for your Alexa users out there, you should be familiar with a flash briefing. So just to break it down, a flash briefing is basically an app that mm-hmm. you design uh, for your Alexa device. And so it used to be you had to go into the complicated tech version to design an app. And so basically the way an app works on an Alexa device, it's like um, a voice-activated um, alert or information that you get when you set up what's called a flash briefing. So on Alexa devices, you can have it start your day with flash briefings. So you can include like the news or, um, you know, weather or whoever your favorite celebrity yeah. is. But you can also create your own flash briefing. So I've got one for myself, the tech expert, and there's one for Integral too. So you can go and add the Integral skill into your Alexa devices or the Burton mm-hmm. Kelso skill into your devices too. And so we offer daily tech tips on different things that are going on. 
You wow. know, so yeah, isn't that, isn't that amazing? Yeah, that is wonderful. Mm-hmm. That is wonderful. There is no excuse for not finding integral. Yeah, that's true. Or you know, more importantly, to find utilize good tech tips that are going to help. Yeah. You get more from the technology you use at home and work, you know. So. I remember back in the day, I subscribed to Kim Commando's newsletter. Oh, my gosh. that was, That's my idol. I would love to be Kim Commando. But you know the challenge with Kim Commando's site so, now? It's just so... It's clunky. It's it, cluttered. It is cluttered. Right? Because of all of the ads. I mean, I understand yeah. Kim's trying to make some money or some Skrilla, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just too cluttered, so you really can't get the information that you want. And I understand that from a business aspect, but it's just not a clean site. There's so much you could, so much, so much clickbait you can click on, and it makes it look cheap. It does. It right. does. I love you, Kim Commando. I love you too. I want to take your position as like <laughs> America's. Well, I don't want to be America's digital goddess, but America's <laughs> digital god. There you yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. I but, think you're fast on your way. Oh, I'm trying to get out there. But you Kim's been doing it. You know how she's been doing it? What's Since the early 90s. Yeah. Back when Prodigy, the online service, was yeah. around, I used to see alerts from Kim Commando. And, of yeah. course, back then, um, I forget how she got started. But, yeah, I remember seeing alerts from her way back when. And, of course, she's got her weekly uh, radio, radio show. show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't. How do you, I mean, do you do a, you, well, we're on a podcast. Hey. I don't Hello? have time to do a podcast. I'm, you know, that's the challenge. That's you, why I do the tech, the live video thing, you know. All you need is people to help. Yeah, well, that is true. Yeah, that definitely, definitely. I probably could do it myself, you know. You it's can just do time. it yourself. It's just time. Right? So it's just, you know, picking a topic and what do you want to talk about and putting the information out there. Exactly. So, Building your media empire, Burton. I know. But, you know, if you look at people who have podcasts like yourself or Dave mm-hmm. Ramsey or Kim mm-hmm. Commando, and I'm trying to think of some other guys. This Week in Jim Tech. Jim Harold, who's been on know, the podcast twice. Mm-hmm. Right, me. exactly. Uh, this Week in Tech, which is, um, uh, I'm trying to think, Leo Laparte. Leo he's a huge uh, tech uh, guru out there. But I think he focuses more on the business side, whereas we do businesses, but we do individuals too exactly Um, but yeah he's got but he's got my point is is he's got like a whole posse that helps him put all that together so they've got someone running the camera or the you know editing it and i think a lot of theirs are like live live you know you can't goof up right we can goof up now (laughs) (laughs) well with all of the platforms and all the apps out there podcasting is not as mystifying you know and it's just it just takes time and not even that much time Mm -hmm. it's mostly just finding the guests Mm -hmm. i tell you the hardest part Mm -hmm. scheduling the guests oh yeah i can imagine yeah right i can imagine yeah yeah so there's not i mean you wouldn't have any difficulty finding guests to be on but honestly you've got enough information that you could Speak on just about anything. Exactly. Right? I could just so, be rattling off like Kim Commando and asking people to call in, you know, exactly, like she does. Exactly. You know? Exactly. But I think overall, as far as, you know, back to, this kind of goes back to unplugging. You know, we're talking about podcasts and all this other stuff, but I think balance. Isn't that the... Balance is. Is, is the key. Because, no, I mean... I think you're right. And I tell that when I teach people about social media or even technology. It's like, you know, find your balance. Find, you know, if you're doing social media, there's really... Really no wrong way to do it. I mean, obviously, in life, mm-hmm. you know, when you're communicating with people, you want to stay positive. That's the right thing to do. Right. But as far as what to post, as long as you're posting positive stuff on uh, social media and as long as you're interacting 
with your technology in a positive sense, then, Absolutely. you know, the sky's the limit. You can do whatever right. you want. You anything you want, as long as you're not using social media or anything else to bully or belittle anybody. Right. Just keep it positive. Mm -hmm. Hopefully engaging. Right, exactly. Well, Brittany, it has been such a pleasure to finally nail you down here on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> You're a busy I'm fella. stuck. I can't get up. I can't get, I up. Can't get up off the couch. I'm kind of rolling around, <laughs> stuck. So finally nail you down to to sit and talk with me. This has been enlightening. I think it's going to be helpful. I think it's going to be, um, you know, there's certainly a lot of useful things that I can take away from our conversation mm -hmm. today. So again, go to callintegralnow.com. That's correct. Right? Or burdenkelso.com. Perfect. Yes. It doesn't matter where you go. Right. You're going to find me on the web. If if somebody can't find you on the web, they are just not trying. That's right. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So thank you again for sitting Thanks with, for having me. me. Yeah, Appreciate this was it. fun. Mm -hmm. Radiate Wellness is a community of holistic and alternative healers and consultants based in the Kansas City area dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.